In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes in order to give us a hope in a day that is coming when all life that has been separated from us will be reunited with us. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Tonight is Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the historic season of Lent that is celebrated in liturgical Christian communities throughout the world. In fact, uh, by many people's estimations, this is the, the earliest sign of a church season that existed in the Christian church altogether. And it's filled with richness and history. It, it's filled with these ideas of this being a, a six-week, a 46-day season that mirrors what Jesus was doing when he went into the wilderness in order to be tempted, which was only 40 days, which you have to understand that the Sundays are taken off because the Sundays are like small little Easter's, and so they don't really count into the whole number, and it gets really kind of confusing and off but it really helps out if you're giving up something for Lent that you really, really like and you want to have it back on Sundays, you can do that. And it continues on in sort of its complexity in, in that the season of Lent has these, these different moments that it moves through. It moves through these, these ideas of temptation and all the way to baptism and new life and light versus darkness. Uh, the season of Lent additionally has uh, built within it the, this sort of notion of getting ready for something. In fact, the way that this started off was that catechumens, people that were learning about the faith in order to be baptized, they would start their journey of learning about, how, about what this meant with a mentor where they were reading scripture, they were praying together with that mentor, they were doing all sorts of things in order to get ready for a baptism that would happen on the evening before Easter morning. And all of this complexity, all of this richness behind this season of Lent and yet you talk to most of the people around you and you ask them, hey, what is Lent? And they'll tell you, uh, is that when you give up stuff? Yes. This is when we give up stuff. It's simplistic, but it, it's true. There is a degree to which that is something that is done in communities throughout the world during this time. And, and it comes up from this idea of, of giving something up in terms of fasting, in, in terms of giving up all food altogether. And that seemed a little bit too hard for some people after a little while. And so they said, well, why don't we just give up red meat? Because, well, red meat makes us think of Jesus on the cross, and we don't want to think about Jesus on the cross. Or do we? Because it's Lent, and it's confusing. But that was the reason for it. And then after that, people said, well, I really like hamburgers, and so I really don't want to give up red meat. And so what I'll do instead is I'll give something else up, like chocolate. And it all came down to this sort of sense of separation from something. 
Separation from food and separation from, uh, th- from the things that we enjoy. And, and now it's, it's getting into even this sort of sense of uh, you can give up a food item for Lent or you can give up a behavior for Lent or you can take on a behavior for Lent. And all of those things are good because all of those things bring us back to the thing that Ash Wednesday in a lot of ways is really about. Because in many ways, Ash Wednesday is about the fear of separation. The fear of what it might be like if we were never able to eat chocolate again. Embracing that understanding of what that thing might mean if we did not have that good gift of God in our lives anymore, well, how rough would life be? And how can we give thanks, for the good, give thanks to God for the good gifts that he gives us? Of course, that's not the only separation that we should be thinking about. In fact, that should be a small little moment of separation that we're thinking about as we think about the bigger understandings of separation and the bigger fears of separation that we have as a Christian people. Because when you think about it, the fear of separation stands at the heart of much of what we're concerned about as Christian people. We're concerned about people being separated from God. Because if they're separated from God, we're afraid that what that separation in effect means is that they will be in hell. They will be in damnation. They will be in a place that is far away from God. And we are concerned about our own separation. We're concerned about our separation from God, but we're also concerned about our separation from others. We're concerned about the ways in which we might be separated from others by death or by sin or by whatever it might be. And all of the ways that we could in some way be separate from others, from the ones that we love. And this past year, well, this past year, Lent is all about the fear of separation. This past year has been the Lentiest Lent ever. (laughs) Because we've all been dealing with the fear of separation. Even the reality of separation is we have had almost a year It'll be a year and about a month from now of being separated from one another in very distinct ways. Being separated from one another and not being able to be in the same room with them. Being separated from one another and not being able to even be in the same room with them, but not able to give them a hug or not able to shake their hand or not able to do all number of different things. We feel this palpable sense of what it is to fear separation and to wonder what it would be like if that separation were to last. That separation is writ large in these readings that Colby and I just read. The first one where uh, in Joel where Joel is screaming out to his people, his fellow Israelites, and he's screaming out to them, and he's saying, watch out. 
because you are separated from God. And what you need to do is to rend your hearts. And then maybe God will call you together as a congregation and he will then reunite himself with you. In the psalm, the psalm that is written by David after he is implicated in his sin with Bathsheba by the prophet Nathan, he cries out to God and he says, Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Don't separate me from yourself. And Paul talks about how he doesn't want to be a separation, how he doesn't want to be a hindrance for other people. And finally, Jesus in the gospel even says that there are some things that you can do, it appears, that will separate your good works from God seeing them. And so there's all of this concern about separation and how we are truly to be afraid of separation. Recently, there was this movie out there that probably most of you have seen. It was called Avengers Infinity War. I know Blake has seen it. And in Avengers Infinity War, at the end of it, there, there is this moment. It's been out long enough. I don't feel bad about telling you this. There's this moment at the end of it where there is this bad guy named Thanos. And Thanos has these sort of magical things that he can put into a glove. And when he puts them into, the, into a glove, he snaps his fingers. And half of the world fades away into ashes. Half of the superheroes fade away into ashes. Half of the regular people fade away into ashes. And all of a sudden, there is a real jarring picture of what separation could look like. What if all of a sudden there was a super villain or a super virus or a super something else that could just snap its fingers and half of the world would turn into dust? It's a frightening thought. And it's probably even more frightening this year because we know how real that could be for any of us in any given way throughout our year. It's this moment of almost paralyzing fear as we think about how we might be separated from those whom we love, either by us turning into dust and ashes or by them turning into dust and ashes. 
But that's not where the movie ends, and that's not where this sermon ends either. In fact, the, well, the movie ends there, but the movie keeps on going in the next movie, which is Avengers Endgame. And in Avengers Endgame, there is this magical moment where the Hulk, he's a good guy, the Hulk gets a retrofitted thing where he can put all of this magic stuff that Thanos did and through much pain and consternation by himself, he ends up being able to snap. And somebody goes out and looks out of a window and they see birds reappear. And somebody else goes to a table and sees their phone ringing and it's their wife that they haven't talked to in five years because they were one of the people that disappeared into ashes. And it's this amazing picture of hope. It's this amazing picture of the hope that we have as Christians. It's an amazing picture of the hope that we have as Easter people as well as being Lent people. It's a, an amazing picture of what it might mean, what it could mean if we truly could get ourselves just to a moment of hoping and a moment of imagining and a moment of thinking about what that might look like if if maybe there's something to this, if maybe there's a reason for our hope, if maybe there's somebody who is even greater than the Hulk, who went through even more pain than the Hulk, who spread out his arms on a cross and who experienced death so that the birds might come back. And your grandparents might come back. And the people who have died in the faith before you could come back. That is the hope that we have as Christians. It is the hope that drives our Lent. The hope that encounters the fear of separation. That recognizes its reality but looks beyond it and says, there is something that lies beyond my fear. There is something that lies beyond this dismal world that is before me, and that is hope. A hope that the dead will rise, a hope that we will be reunited with God forever, a hope that we will live in, a, in, in an existence where there is no sin and we never have to worry about separation from one another or from God ever again. That is the hope of this Ash Wednesday and of this Lent. Is the hope that drives what you choose to give up or if you choose to give up nothing? Is the hope that drives you to that Easter Sunday morning? And finally, it is the hope that drives you to that glorious resurrection when everybody can reappear.
May you go out into this week and into this Lent firmly grasping a fear of separation, but even more firmly grasping the hope of being reunited with Christ and with one another in a resurrection like his. Amen.